a wife and a mother and an insurance agency owner, a friend and a PTA advocate. I am so excited to talk about all of the things that I find most precious here within our community, within our lives, and within our faith, friendships, and relationships. Here on Heather's Most Precious. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Heather's Most Precious. We are so excited today to speak with James. And y'all, this has been a really fun start to the educational series of um, kind of seeing what life is like in the classroom, in the school for the teachers, um, and looking forward to next week as we start seeing from the administration side as well. And but first, I do want to introduce you to James. James, tell us about yourself. Hey, Heather, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, my name is James Gaither. I teach at The Howard School. I teach uh, economics and government. Um, I like to play music in my spare time. I like to read. I like to play golf, um, like to hike, like to backpack, you know, all the fun stuff. Um, this is my second year teaching at Howard, and I'm excited to be on with you to chat a little bit about it. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, I know it's your second year at Howard. How did you even get into teaching? That's a good question. Okay, so I was for six years working for a nonprofit ministry that did uh, overseas mission trips. So a lot of high school groups, youth groups, church groups, and they were, most of the trips were sports-based. So they would play uh, live games, set up tournaments, set up clinics in like the Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Panama. And they would do that for about half the day, and then they would do philanthropy projects for the other half. So whether it was going to like sugarcane villages in the Dominican and feeding those villages or building bump beds for kids that were sleeping on floors, it was a lot of really awesome stuff. Um, but it was great. But I was in the office, you know, I was raising money. I was setting schedules. I was doing fundraisers. And I really started to, uh, as I got, as I got older into my twenties, I started to think like, okay, what is it that you want your life to be about? You know, um, I feel like you, you go, I, I went to college at Georgia Southern, you know, go Eagles. I was, uh, <laughs> I was a economics major. And the reason I was an economics major is because I wanted, I kind of was indecisive on whether I wanted to go into business or whether I wanted to teach and coach and yeah. teach economics, something like that. So at that time, all you had to do was have the degree. And then in Georgia, you could take a test called the GACE and you would be eligible to teach in high school to teach the content, you okay. know? So I kind of always had that in mind. Um, but then kind of Tennessee made it a little more complicated. I think it's even a little more complicated now in Georgia where you have to have some sort of educational um, degree or coursework, you know, so that always kind of, that prevented me from kind of making the switch. I was like, ah, I don't want to go back to school, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you get, as you get older, you kind of think life's going to go certain ways, things are going to fall certain ways. And then as they're not falling that way, you're like, wow, okay, this is, this is my life. What am I going to do with it? So I really kind of faced those existential questions, like laid into my twenties. And then um, the pandemic hit, 
So all the 6,000 travelers a year that I was coordinating and things like that, that pretty much got put on an immediate hold, right. you know? So I went down to two days a week with this organization and uh, for, for about three or four months of the pandemic, we were furloughed. Then after that, it went to two, two days a week. So during that time of being furloughed, I took off to the north woods of Wisconsin and the upper peninsula of Michigan, and I backpacked and camped for like three weeks. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, so I was really out there all by myself, um, getting to know myself real well. <laughs> I, you know, you and nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had plenty of time to think about life and what was next. And um, I really just decided, like, this is the time to go for it. Like, you've wanted to be a teacher. The things that were holding you back, they're not so much holding you back. Mm -hmm. um, I was really, it was really impressed on me, like, with my faith to, um, you know, what is, what is the usefulness of a faith that's based on, like, all right, you believe these things. And so that's the extent of your faith. You know, I started to really feel pressed to, match up my whole life with what I would say that I believed in terms of the Christian faith, you know? And so, um, a part of that was like, not just, not just thinking certain things, but aligning my life with it and then making my life's work out of it, like putting it into action, you know? I love that. I kind of see it like, um, if you read something in scripture, or something wise in a book or something, it's like that, that's like a match being lit. Mm -hmm. But it quickly goes out if you like do nothing with it, right. you know, but if you match it with action, then that fire can catch, that fire can grow, you know, and um, I really felt like teaching would give me the opportunity to kind of match what I was thinking as far as loving others, um, be in the hands of, of Christ. You know, I was I was thinking like every single day I'm going to have a platform to go do that, you know, and I'm not. I'm not somebody in public that goes and like preaches on the street corner or something, but I was like, I could live this out in it with action, you know? Absolutely. And so, uh, I really in the woods made the decision like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. You know? So I go back to Chad I go back home and I immediately was like, that was like my, the word I was thinking. It was like action, action. So I applied at UTC. I sent letters to UTC about being a graduate assistant because I was worried about paying for graduate school. Oh, wow. So I get accepted. I go talk to the people in the School of Education. And within um, within a few weeks, um, now the graduate assistant is starting in the January semester. And I'm, and I'm enrolled full-time in school. So I was two days a week at this organization, mm -hmm. three days a week at uh, UTC, and then I was working the weekends at Ace Hardware. So I was on a table. You had all the time <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah, and that's when I met uh, Michael eventually came to UTC. Michael yes. Cross, our mutual friend. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so from there, I was there for a year and a half, and then I got hired at Howard. And uh, that's kind of the process of how I decided to become a teacher. That's awesome. <laughs> now, I want to revisit a little bit of your story. First of all, I want to go back to where you first started, right? When you were um, kind of scheduling these trips in the mission field. Uh, was that hard to be on the um, kind of clerical end of that position instead of actually being in the field? 
it made it, it to me it almost felt like the missionaries that we were uh that i would talk with all the time and talk about all right this kind of group's coming they 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 want to do this kind of thing i always kind of felt like they were like the ones really doing the work and i was just like in a posh office you know yeah. like i almost felt like an imposter in some ways okay. you know like i knew that i knew i had a role to play mm -hmm. um but it was it was asking so little of me like it didn't feel like enough for me at that time you know i wanted right. to go but the, so I, I i had a desire to do more a draw to do more but i also wasn't necessarily i didn't necessarily feel called to go to latin america and do right it, you know <laughs> right. you know so you start to you start to look around and you're like all right there's enough to put things into action right here you know, uh, awesome. something that kind of demand. I, I wanted something that demanded like more of me than just like nine to five. This is what I do. And then I go do what I want, you know. Absolutely. And I'd be a part of. Yeah. And I definitely feel like uh, the the mission of teaching, uh, it's uh, it does that. It, it checks that yeah. box. <laughs> you know, kind of brings that full feel, circle. For sure. Right. Kind of what you were missing. Not that you weren't playing a role, but I know when you're stuck behind the desk, it doesn't feel like you are a piece of that. The action that you were saying. So, do you now? Can, so now I'm jumping to another part of your story. This is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, um, when you're in the woods, right, spending time trying to figure out your next steps, did you feel like the Lord kind of called you onto that trip, or do you feel like you were using that trip to figure out what what the next step was, what He wanted for your life, what that looked like? I, I definitely think that it, it was a. Maybe it was both, mm -hmm. you know, um, I had always wanted to go to the North Woods of Wisconsin because like, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. So I, I had been to uh, two Green Bay games at that time. Uh, so I had been up to oh, Wisconsin. So yeah, I've been to Lambeau <laughs> Field. It was like hollow ground, you know, and. I, every time I was up there, people would be talking about um, the Northwoods and how it's so serene and untouched. And there's okay. tons of lakes and tons of camping spots and not many people know it. it's like a hidden gym kind of thing, yeah. you know. So when I got this time, I was like, all right, um, I, I went, I drove one day. Well, actually, I drove straight to Chicago, wow. had a deep dish pizza with a friend who okay. lives in Chicago and then Good like, choice. <laughs> yeah. And then like, as rush hour is starting, I'm in my car leaving Chicago, like, you know, okay, let's go, let's beat this yeah. traffic. I get to Green Bay. I stayed at, I stayed in a hotel. The next day I uh, went to the Packers Hall of Fame, did all that Very stuff. Cool. And then like headed like three hours north from there. And then I was around like no one, you know, right. but that was definitely part of my plan was to kind of really have time to think about what was next because mm -hmm. I kind of knew my time at this organization was ending, even though I, I love the organization, it was mm -hmm. great, but I kind of knew with the pandemic, with um, what I was doing, like I, it's not that I had outgrown the role in any way, mm -hmm. but I, I was becoming mature enough to do more, to take on more of a capacity, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I wasn't at first when I first, I, I grew, I grew while I was there, you know, um, but, so it really was like kind of a time to reset, think about what's next, whatever direction that may be. Think about what I really wanted to do. I had never really thought about that. I had always just kind of like 
okay, there's this opening, there's this option. I like this one. I'm going to do this, you know, so to really hit that reset button um, and to intentionally think about those things, intentionally journal through those things. um, That was kind of the purpose of it. And the key thing that really, the thing I remember is I had had teaching in the back of my mind for a while, but the thing that really, like the word I kept getting was like, what is holding you back? You know, what, what are you waiting for? Like, I had always had something that I felt like was holding me back. Like, I don't want to go back to school mm-hmm. right now. Um, or I'm worried about this. Or, um, you know, I've got a house payment money. It's like, do I, can I afford to go back to school? Can I work to, can I stop working full time to go pursue this? Right. And kind of like with the pandemic, all of those things that were walls, like kind of were like, okay, here's a window of time that they're just not here anymore. These walls don't right. exist anymore. You need to go, <laughs> you know. Might as well use it. Yeah. As an opportunity. Yeah. So that's kind of how it went. I think it's always amazing when um, the Lord opens doors, right? And um, I think as as things align with His will for your life, yeah. And because you think about that, the pandemic, as much as none of us are like, yeah, pandemic. Right. But if that wouldn't have happened, it wouldn't have shifted your job in a way that would have allowed for the for the realization okay i have i don't want to say outgrown this but it is time for something else and maybe you know allowed as you said the match to not only be lit but you to take that um and allow that to burn into something more into that next career option and what i noticed the most about your story too is as you decided felt compelled to to start at utc right you're in school now um that just how God allowed that, uh, it seemed pretty easy and just his provision for you and not only getting into the classes and, but with, with the intern, you know, all of those things seemed to line up pretty effortlessly. Yeah. The GA job, um, the weekends at ACE, but two days at school, but, oh, also we need you three days at UTC. Oh, well, work week is five days. That's perfect. You know, there definitely was a lot like that. And then I would even say I was running blind through that. Like, okay, I know I need to get this certification. I know I need to take these tests. Now I'm certified. Now I can. Now it's time to go get a job. Where am I going to go? Like, even at that time, I wasn't sure like where I was going to land, you know? So, um, I had gotten certified to teach English and I had been certified to teach economics and I really want economics is what I always wanted to teach. I just did English just to, because it was, I knew I needed to get hired somewhere and I thought that would give me a second option, you know? Um, so I got offered a couple English opportunities and then Howard offered me to teach, uh, seniors economics. And it was just like, all right, well, this is a perfect fit too. So that became a no brainer. You know, I decided like within a day, Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up at Howard, knowing nothing about Howard, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then I, there I was. Absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Do you feel like, um, obviously, seniors is kind of a different ballgame, right? Yeah. Is there a lot of pressure that you feel, you know, now you have these, they're not little babies anymore. They're about to, you're about to launch them into the real world. And you're helping them to to decide if they're, you know, going going to further their education or what that looks like, helping them walk through life. Does that put pressure on you as a teacher? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, and I just, I'm not sure. I, I don't think pressure is how I would describe it. Yeah. The reason that I wouldn't describe it is like 
those questions mm-hmm. are the exact questions that I want to be there to answer. Like, that's mm-hmm. why I want to be a teacher. Like, I knew that I needed the old, the older, the better. Um, okay. For summer school, I did middle school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was fun-ish. It was fine. <laughs> it, you know, it, it was, it, it, you know, it was at middle school, um, mat- maturity-wise, the students don't always understand, like, if I give you, if I give you a foot you at high school if you're cool with a student you hope that they're going to re- see that and reciprocate that and there's you're going to be able to build mutual respect you can definitely build mutual respect with a middle schooler but it takes it's a different process to build that and i hadn't learned that so i was trying to give them freedom and next thing i know the it. room was crazy <laughs> the room was going crazy you know <laughs> i hadn't quite learned that one on the fly so it made me realize that like in high school, it's like you can build a mutual respect with the students that was a really good rapport for me. And my favorite thing to do with the students is the things that they will that an older student would face. Okay. So teaching economics, um, I get to kind of weave in a lot of personal finance. We talk about needs and wants and needing having to take care of your needs first and then you can spend on your wants but guess what you don't have to spend every penny left over on your check on your wants you can open a savings account you could buy a cd you can you know we talk we do we talk about stocks we 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 do the stock market game where they pick a stock at the beginning of the semester and then they compete we every week they tell me like where it stands i record it and then we see like proportionally who would have made the most money by the end. You know, we talk about wow. a lot of the students at Howard, they're real into starting businesses and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. So we talk about sole proprietorships, partnerships, you know, later on, if they really want to start like a corporation, you know, we I try to I want to give them that knowledge to where later in life they can do something that could help improve their quality of life. You know, and that's what I love about the older student is that a lot of almost all of them have jobs in the community. So when you talk about saving or money, it's not theoretical or it's not something in the future. Like they want to save and get their own apartment now or next year. You know, these are things that they that their ears perk up for because um, they're facing it, you know. And um, we talk about how, like, when I was growing up, um, it there was a real pressure, like, if you weren't if you weren't going off to a university, it was almost like you had become some sort of failure. You were going to stay home and never leave. Like it was just exactly. this. It was just this pressure that we felt growing yes. up. Um, I would agree. And now the world, I feel like the world is really changing. Mm-hmm. But I want them to know that it's changing. Like guys, um, there are tons. The, the trades are wide open for tons of money. People are retiring all the time and. The young people are not replacing those jobs, um, you know, as they need to be as they need to be replaced. So um, go to Chat State, get a technical degree for two years that's paid for by the state of Tennessee right now. You don't have to go to UTC, UTK, Memphis and or some other school and take out a big loan when you don't even necessarily know what you want to do. And then it either works out or it doesn't. I was like, you can do that. But I want you to make a conscious decision about doing that. Right. Like I support that. If you have a career in mind that requires a four-year degree, I want you to go get that degree. But I don't want you to just go to the four-year school because that's the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so we talk about those things and goals and stuff like that. And so 
I love it because I feel like I get to have conversations that impact quality of life and it's an audience that is ready to receive it right then. You know, they're they're making awesome. those decisions. And you're able to impact them. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean, that's the hope with with and also encouraging. Yeah, for sure. I love to, I love to encourage the students. I love to um, just like, you know, when they come in my room, like I'm going to give them a fist bump. I'm going to say what's up. I'm going to cool. I'm going to check in with them like it's just like it's like, OK, if I feel grumpy right now, do I sit here and just like go up there and be grumpy or like do I try to put that behind me and uh, show love to these kids because I've got a captive audience to, to pour into, you know, and it's like you either did that or you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And if you did do that, it was a successful day. We had a good day at, at, at school, you know, and so I just that you kind of got that mission in mind. It's like, are you fulfilling that mission? And hopefully it's yes, you know, and for me, it's awesome, you know, yeah. Just, well, and kids need that. You never know what they're going through, whether and I'm still calling these 18 year old kids, right? But no matter what they're doing, I think so many of us think that only kids in elementary school need that love or only kids, right? But you don't know what their home life is. You could have been the best part of their day. And you're right. You either put aside your junk to make this um, an intentional space for them to learn and grow and see, right, that they are valued and loved right where they are. Or um, you, you know, you're just like everybody else. So, yeah, um, especially like at Howard, um, there is a, a majority of the kids are dealing with major stuff at home, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's their living conditions or whether it's single parent households or whether it's just poverty or kids that, that they may have young kids in the house that may be theirs or may be a siblings or maybe a parents that they are basically being like a, a parent to, you know? Wow. Um, so they're dealing with a lot of things that I didn't have to deal with. I'll say that, you know, so I feel like the opportunity is, um, the opportunity for that action or to, to fulfill that mission is stronger at a place like Howard. So I, I know you've touched base on this a little bit throughout sharing about life kind of in your classroom, what that looks like with your students in their home lives. Um, tell me what is life like at Howard just kind of in general? Yeah. So, um, I would say that going into teaching at Howard, I didn't know what Howard would be like. And I had only heard, uh, perspectives from the community that maybe not necessarily was a part of Howard, you yes. know? And so a lot of people, when I tell them I'm at Howard, they're like, Oh, that must be challenging or things like that based mm-hmm. on just perceptions that they may have. Um, but I would say Howard's a great place to teach. And there's a lot of great kids. 99% of the kids are great kids who just want to do what they're told. They want to learn. Um, they want to, there's like any other kids, they want to hang out with their friends. If they play sports, they're into their sports. If they are into the band, they love the band. Um, the thing I love about Howard though, is how the focus is getting students like career or job or work ready, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have different institutes based on, um, what students want to get into. So, we have two world-class chefs who teach culinary mm-hmm. and they have basically come out of the field and they're now at Howard. So if a kid wants to become a chef, wants to work in the restaurant industry, they get all the training that they would need to go be successful at Howard. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, we have an awesome partnership with Rock City. So students leave Howard at like one, one o'clock. They take a bus to Rock City. They work at Rock City. 
And then at like seven, a bus will bring them back to Howard. So they get, really? they can make money during the day if they're seniors and they've already got a lot of credits, but it's called work-based learning. But then the um, transportation is taken care and the of. Transportation so they're not having is, to depend on anybody else. Yep. The transport, oh, wow. the transportation is taken care of for them. Um, we have students who are uh, do welding. They learn how to weld, and they'll leave Howard and do internships and things like that um, cool. with welding. Um, and then we also have a whole department that's hospitality and tourism that's like hotel restaurant management, if you wanted to be a manager of a restaurant, that kind of stuff. But then there's AP courses for students who know they want to go to a university, you know, and then there is the construction Career Center was mm -hmm. just open as with a partnership through Chat State where students are leaving, seniors are leaving at like noon to go there for the rest of the day and they're already starting their dual credit oh my goodness. work on how, so basically when they're, when they graduate, they are really close to being work ready, you know? So that, that's my favorite thing about what's going on at Howard, like academically is how based on what a student wants to do, they are being given the tools to go do that at Howard. And Absolutely. I th and I think a lot of people um, don't necessarily, I feel like they, they just don't know that. No. You know, we, it's just like we haven't gotten it. We haven't gotten that out enough. And we've tried. It's on the news sometimes. But to the average person, it's just maybe something they aren't aware of all the great things that are happening. I know I didn't know. No, you know? I, I didn't know either. And we've been a part of this community for so long. I think it's amazing, though, to hear not only how you're helping them in the classroom, but all of, gosh, the the excitement that y'all are bringing to show them all the diversity between any opportunity that you want to take, whether it is extending your education, right, continuing that in college or in a trade, or you are teaching them a skill that they can, you know, with construction, they can go straight through and um, different things like that. I think that's amazing. The opportunity that y'all have afforded to them um, by making those real. And then especially the transportation piece is huge for parents. And I'm talking like as a working parent, that would be hard to get them to and from. So I think that for me speaks volumes at, to the, the links that y'all are willing to go to help them see what is possible. And that's another thing that's different about Howard than like a school that I may have gone to in high school. Um, mm -hmm. Even seniors, I would say only about 10% are driving. Right. Most, um, most are taking the bus to school. So that transportation is critical to allowing them to um, get out and see things or do mm -hmm. things or work even. Um, a lot of seniors, they'll take an Uber to school every morning or a Lyft. Um, wow. And it's just because they they either haven't prioritized saving for a car or they've just got so many other things that they're having to pay for within their family mm -hmm. um, that they haven't been able to take that step yet. But that that transportation piece is huge. And um, it certainly helps give a lot of students a lot of opportunity for sure. Absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. been really cool. Um kind of to hear your story. Now, I do want to know, I know we've talked with both elementary and middle, and I know you're not getting gifts like they do in elementary school. And But what are ways that parents can support you? Um, how would you want a parent to come to you if maybe they've heard something going on in your class or they have concerns or um, they want to provide encouragement for you? How would you prefer that a parent interact with you or a family from from one of your students? 
Yeah, we're pretty open. I, I have a pretty open door policy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have parents that will email me and because a lot of the students, they do their work on Chromebooks and okay. then we put in their grades um, on something called PowerSchool mm-hmm. and their parents have access to PowerSchool. So if a grade, if, if something was off or they got a, they didn't turn something in, I've gotten emails, you know, hey, what was going on with this, you know, and I'll just tell them how that situation happened and, hey, well, well we can still get it in, you know, that kind of thing. Or um, we talk, you know, we do call logs at Howard where, where um, we try to do two positive calls to maybe incur- need some mm-hmm. encouragement calls um, biweekly, you know, okay. so... We do have that uh, relationship with parents as long as they want that. You know, we know a lot of the parents are busy. They are working. So we're not trying to hound them, you know, a phone call every single day right. or something. <laughs> um, but basically, we just try to be available. So if if there is a problem with the student or if we do need to chat about something with the with the parent, um, phone calls, emails, we just want to, I want that communication to be open where it's like, we're one team. I want to be one team with the parent. If the parent is um, having a problem at home with the student, if they want to talk to me about maybe talking to the student, mm-hmm. I want to be available for that. If I'm having maybe a small issue with the student in the classroom, I want to make sure the parent knows that it's, I'm not, this isn't against them. This is just something that I'm seeing. And how can we both kind of work toward this, you know? In terms of classroom needs, like from the community, one thing about Howard is they have their Chromebooks, um, but they don't have to have, like, we don't ask the students to bring a lot of other things like pencils, notebooks, papers, because they're not, they, we actually don't allow backpacks at Howard. Okay. Um, so that's, uh, that's, there's, there's some security components to that. Um, but also, and I think we may be talking about this next, like, Howard has grown exponentially in size in terms of the population of the students over the last decade. So there's over 1,500 students at Howard, and the school was built for about 800. So y'all are crammed in there. So we're we're packed in there, and um, there's so many students that there's not enough lockers for everyone. So basically students don't use the lockers right now. Okay. So what I was saying, like with the community, with the parents, is like anytime a teacher can get school supplies, that is absolutely fantastic, like for the teacher, because we're, we provide the paper, we provide the pencils. If we're doing any kind of art, we provide the markers, the crayons, you know, whatever, like if it's in a different kind of class, like Mm -hmm. most of that is coming from the teacher or from, um, teacher supply hubs from the county or something, but we're always looking to get more because if you give out 20 pencils every day, you're getting probably 10 back every day. You know, it's for sure. Um, so I, I would say just like to help a teacher at Howard school supplies yeah. is great. Um, and then what teachers at Howard probably want from, uh, parents of students is just, open communication and for them and for us to be on the same team and for uh, a a student, a parent to realize that like, we love your student. You know, we know you have the ultimate love for your student, but let's both work together to try to help the student if there is an issue or if your student's doing great, I want to let that parent know so that they can encourage their student or um, we can just work to build that student up together. Absolutely. I love that. The um, your willingness as a teacher to to support the student 
as one, right? Yeah. You're, you kind of become that family. Um, and I think also wanting to celebrate with them. So it's not just, I feel like there's a lot of times when there's a lot of parent involvement. If, the, if there's a disruption in your class or bad behavior, things like that, instead of focusing on the students that are actually getting it and doing it and choosing to make good choices. Um, and so I love that you're willing to not only say, hey, we need help here, we need to help supporting them, but also, hey, let's celebrate them too, because I feel like that's so important to give the encouragement to help propel them forward um, and to want to continue to give their best. Because I feel like sometimes if you're, if the negativity is what's focused on, then some kids may end up lowering themselves to get to that space just for that attention piece. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. I'm so grateful, James, that we were able to speak today um, just for everything that you've been able to share um, you know, this, this whole educational series has been about bridging the gap from the community, sorry, from the classroom to the community and, um, how we can support teachers in our community. Also knowing what it looks like for you every day and how we can, how we can support. Um, before I ask one final question from you, I do want to say, um, for, for anyone who's listening, if you are interested in, um, purchasing a gift card, could that could be used? Um, for school supplies for the teachers of Howard, or if you are interested in wanting to drop off supplies, definitely reach out to us. We will definitely um, start a collection for them. We'd love to be able to support them in this way. We're talking anything that you would need in a classroom from pencils, pens, calculators, um, paper, notebooks, anything, whether it's loose leaf, computer paper, probably as well, crowns, markers, anything like that. Um, definitely reach out. We would love to have that help. Now, kind of in closing, I would love to know, James, I know we've, we've heard your story as far as getting into education. If there is someone out there that either has um, econ or business that may want to look at now getting into the classroom or um, a, a student that's in school thinking of becoming a teacher, maybe they're exploring that, what advice would you give them? I know teaching looks a little bit different today than it did once upon a time. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would just say um, I know sometimes in potentially the media or potentially parts of communities like I feel like the teaching community, I feel like the profession of teaching is like it's not necessarily that it's being looked down on, but everyone thinks it's like a, a tough time to be a teacher. Everyone right. recognizes it's a tough time to be a teacher. And um, in some ways it is, but in other ways Teaching is still like interacting with students and uplifting students mm -hmm. and preparing students for life. So if that's important to you, um, it's still a great time to be a teacher. You know, like it's like it's like, yes, there are things that there are challenges, but there have probably been challenges for decades mm -hmm. all across life in every profession. You know, so there oh, may be sure. there may be challenges in the profession. But if your focus or your mission is, I want to teach students this skill, I want to pour into the youth who are going to be the future of our society mm -hmm. in like a decade, 20 years, you know, yeah. and ongoing. Like if that's something that is still important to you, it's still a perfect platform to do that. So, you know, don't let those anxieties or um, the kind of naysayers hold you back from fulfilling that mission because the mission's still available and we still need good people to go after it, you know? Absolutely. I love that. Well, James, once again, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for allowing us 
um, to see also just the amazing things that the Howard School is offering to their students. And I'm sure that the rest of the staff is probably just as great as you are and just as encouraging um, yeah, to their students and to the community. Yeah, I will say that there are a lot of great uh, teachers, faculty members, admin- the administration at Howard is great. Our, uh, our principal, Dr. Ware, she was the 2019 Principal of the Year for the entire state of Tennessee. She's a big deal. Yeah, so we have, <laughs> we awesome. have good leadership there if you're looking to go there. Um, and there are a lot of teachers there who really care, like the mission that I'm talking about in terms of getting kids ready for life, getting them ready for work, pouring into them, showing dignity to students who may mm-hmm. not receive dignity. There are tons of teachers at Howard who follow that same exact mission. And that that's very encouraging for me. Absolutely. Um, I didn't know what to expect in terms of other faculty when I first came there. But um, like I've been wowed and encouraged by the quality of people who are um, after that same action as me. So it's it's awesome. Come on. That's fantastic. <laughs> and for one final challenge, um, y'all, as you know, there are different perceptions about wherever you are, whether you are in this community, within your community, there are schools that you would probably um, have heard things about that may not be, in, in your opinion, great, or maybe you have not and don't have the best test scores or don't have whatever. And um, I would encourage you to, I hope that this will help change your perspective of that, that once again, that that judging from, from the cover, right? Um, but I would hope that you would continue to support your community. All of your schools um, need help. They need love. All of these students, as James reminded us, right? These kids are, are the future of our com- country. One of them is going to be president one day. Um, and that can either be a really great thing or a really scary thing. But <laughs> I think um, the best thing that we can do is support, gosh, the education in our communities, whether that is public or private or the families that choose to homeschool. But I would just encourage, instead of being scared with certain schools um, or choosing not to support, definitely allow this to help change your mind, realizing that there is good if you choose to see that. So I am looking forward to next week um, when we see the administration side of the school. And I hope that you will join us then. Thanks, y'all. Heather's Most Precious is brought to you with love by the Hendrickson Agency, an insurance agency serving all of Georgia and Tennessee. The Hendrickson Agency, properly protecting your most precious possessions. Support for Heather's Most Precious is provided by Study.com, which offers SAT and ACT study materials and even has resources for AP and college credit courses. Listeners of Heather's Most Precious get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level with offer code PRECIOUS. Just go to Study.com and use offer code PRECIOUS at checkout. Heather's Most Precious is produced by Chattanooga Podcast Studios and is part of the Podnooga Network. Find out more at ChattanoogaPodcastStudios.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Heather's Most Precious. Proud member of the Podnooga Network.